0: about nerdy topics for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your Nerdy Tutor George, and with me today is my mom, who surprisingly in odd ways is using some of our meta-commentary and terminology for other stuff we're watching.
1: Oh, that's true! What I used Plot Armor the other day.
0: Yes, I was very, very impressed that you used Plot Armor because, like, it's there. <laughs> so, it, so, so it's sinking in.
1: I used it correctly.
0: Absolutely, very correctly. Very cool. So today, so today's topic might be a little longer because even though I was going over the show notes for this, I've got like four pages worth of show notes. And usually I only have like one and a half to two. Okay. So today's topic here, and I, I know you guys can't see it at all, but today's uh, today's is pro wrestling. But to talk about pro wrestling, let's talk about the WWE formerly the wWF formerly the wWWF formerly capital wrestling championship I believe or corporation um and on our table here today is um one of my few wrestling items here which is a championship belt
1: it's a big ass belt
0: it's heavy too oh wow
1: oh it is heavy oh my
0: gosh i yeah i I got a i got it again like it's a, it was a an unnecessary purchase for myself here. I did want it. They had it on sale for like two hundred bucks here. They normally run for like four or five hundred dollars.
1: Okay, so not an inexpensive. Well, I mean, it's pretty cool though because that's actually leather.
0: Yes. Wow. It's genuine leather. The plates are all the plates are all die are all diecast metal here.
1: It's got nice little stamped uh, leather details. Mm-hmm. It and, and nice rhinestones. That's that's actually pretty cool. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Again, yeah, I like. Okay. sometimes you get pretty sometimes you just get pretty cool stuff it's a nerdy thing that is nerdy though and then as well um what's new, interesting about the wrestling championships since about the since the early 2000s here is that they've always had the name of their of the wrestler whoever was the champion right now in a recent turn here since about the 2004 when they introduced this version of the belt they have the side plates here which change so these side plates can come out here, and you can have different wrestlers, emblems, and stuff like that on them. In this case here, I've got my personal favorite wrestler, Triple H, uh, on there.
1: Okay. So,
0: all right. So as usual with the tutorial episode, Mom, what do you know about professional wrestling?
1: I know it's on pay-per-view. Yes. It used to be, it used to be on... The We or what was it on? So
0: for us, it was on the UPN here in, in the Bay go. Area. There we go. Yeah. So SmackDown, which was the second show that came up, used to be on the used to be on free television. I think it moved around a bit here. Um, on
1: ante- antenna television. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's in theory going to come back onto antenna antenna television here. It's going to be on Fox. Um, Why? Because they made a deal with them for it. It's been on. It's been on um, cable on USA here for uh, the last two, maybe three years here. As of late, it was on uh, Sci-Fi for a number of years, which again doesn't make any sense at all either. Um,
1: that doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it it doesn't. It's it's weird. It doesn't make quite as much.
1: Well, i I know that uh, I know that The Rock was on. Yes, I know that George Clooney once dated. a wwe girl
0: i can't remember which it's been a while
1: blonde i don't remember there's a lot of blondes well you know blondes have more fun they do they do um but in terms and and i know i know it draws a crowd i well i know it's it it traveled around and it came to san jose
0: it comes to san jose probably oh it still comes three to four times a year oh it's it's still a big deal really Oh, yeah, no, okay. no, it's a big, it's still a big deal here. Um, in fact, actually, this weekend here, we're recording this on April 3rd, April uh, 7th here is Wrestlemania, their biggest show that they have here, and so in anticipation for that, I wanted to talk about pro wrestling because it felt timely. Okay, cool. So, okay, so before we talk about pro wrestling, the one thing I got to say about pro wrestling is pro wrestling is not fake. It's scripted, but it's not fake. What pro wrestlers do at the end of the day is they have trained themselves for many years to basically fall on their backs in such a way that it doesn't hurt quite as much. Because when they, when they land on the ring or when they land somewhere, they're maybe falling onto, you know, 2x4 wood with padding underneath and some cloth underneath to, to give it some protection. But they've trained their bodies to land in such a way that, again, and this is a... This is literally a physics thing here. They use their entire back and shoulders to absorb all the energy that would go into them falling to spread it out evenly over their entire back. It's not to say that that doesn't hurt, though.
1: Okay, so it's not fake, but it is choreographed.
0: Very, very choreographed. The two people that are in the ring, despite them being, like, you know, hated enemies on TV, you know, are literally putting each other's lives on the line. Because, again, if one person lifts you up and drops you onto your back, they have to drop you in the back in such a straight, a right way as to not hurt you. Okay. And at the end of the day, here, too, again, it's also like when they throw a punch, you ever notice that none of them are really that bruised up afterwards? It's, again, it's like, a pulled punch. It's, well, not only is it a pulled punch here, but they do certain things to make it look as if, like, I hit you, but oh my god, look, such a huge blowback from it. You know, things like that here. There's. Some legitimate stuff here that d- that does hurt. Like if somebody chops somebody on the chest here.
1: What about the chairs?
0: so chairs do hurt as well. Okay. <laughs> but again, I mean, it goes back to the same same idea here that like if you if you do it correctly here, you'll get enough of the chair onto the back that it doesn't hurt as much. It still hurts, um, and there's a lot of wrestlers who have been injured um numerous times throughout matches for just simple for just doing simple stuff to some wrestlers have died not necessarily in the ring but have died prematurely here now in all honesty another great little bit of this episode here comes in the fact that um if you were a follower of John Oliver on YouTube he did an entire episode here about wrestlers injuries and stuff like that just this last Sunday here, so it's a great little twenty-minute watch if you have the time for it here, because it does go into a lot about wrestlers, you know, getting injured and they don't—they're not unionized in the WWE at all. No. Well,
1: and and I don't—I doubt they have a players' association like football players they don't, do.
0: They don't have anything like that either.
1: And I would think you'd have some of the same sort of injuries.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So he talks a great deal about how the many faults of the wwe here but i want to talk about more or less the history of the wwe and kind of some of the stuff about it okay um so a couple things i also wanted to just kind of get off the way here real quickly i want to talk about a a couple terms we usually save terms till later but i thought it might be useful to have some of them right now and so one of the terms here that comes up here with wrestling here is kayfabe and
1: (laughs) kayfabe
0: kayfabe it's if you go back to the, if you go back to early times here you know when you when you were if you were a wrestler back in the day you were that wrestler you you walk when you were in public you were that character to sort of like create the illusion that like these were all still happening or like you were this person at the end of the day it's just like
1: Gene Simmons never being photographed without his makeup
0: precisely okay very very similar to that actually you know and so it was this it's um great way to describe it as the illusion of wrestling it's kind of like, you know, like if you st- you keep the illusion. And so um, nowadays, you know, you will get a lot of people online that are saying that kayfabe is dead, you know, and it's, yeah, I know. I mean, wrestlers are a lot more honest and wrestlers, you know, have social media accounts and they have, you know, it's very easy to see wrestlers in their own private lives here now. So like, as much as it's a element of the pro wrestling here, like there's some, it's not dead necessarily, but certain people would have a hard time seeing the boundaries of it nowadays.
1: Okay, is that a pro or a con?
0: It could be both in some cases here. I I mean... I
1: think I'd want the illusion maintained.
0: Yeah, but again, like, if you play a bad guy and you're not necessarily a bad guy... You
1: don't want to be spit on in the street?
0: Precisely. Okay, I get that. You know, again, like, some wrestlers here are, like, notorious for, you know, being hated characters in a lot of cases, but when you meet them in real life, they're sweethearted people at the end of the day, and to have this extension of being just like a horrible person all the time you know, would degrade on you on a certain level here. Well, plus for
1: your kids.
0: For your, your wife, kids, for your... How, how do you go grocery shopping if you're a bad guy?
1: Yeah, and, and, and kids, you know, other kids probably know who your dad is, and okay, I can see that.
0: Yeah, so there's, there's the notion of uh, so there's kayfabe here, but there's also an an additional element to kayfabe that only ever comes up because it's called wrestling. And that's a shoot. And a shoot is you often something that wasn't planned. So, in a lot of sense, where, like, kayfabe might be keeping this illusion here, kay, uh, shooting is kind of like somewhat breaking that illusion at the same time here. So, like, um, in a lot of cases here, like, they might call... Um, if something somebody does something in the ring that's not expected, and, like, gives you know, like, let's say, for example, here, and a famous example here, is there's two wrestlers here. One of them does something to the other wrestler here that's not ideal for the other wrestler, that could very potentially hurt the other wrestler or do something like that. They might start yelling and shouting at them or uh, degrading them in the middle of the ring in front of other people here. That might be called shooting on somebody in some cases. Um, They're not literally like shooting a gun at all. It's just like it's something that when they were scripted, it became unscripted. It's like somebody's okay. charging the ring, and get some. Well, fan. if you were in
1: pain, you can you know, like let out a few choice words. Oh no,
0: absolutely! But it, and there's some yeah. wrestlers here who have like who have like legitimate, frequent injuries, like neck, shoulders, arm, things like that. And so if they get singled out, or that gets, or a wrestler creates a position in which that could be injured here, that's that's a wrestler's livelihood. That's you know literally money being taken out of their pockets because if they can't wrestle for an extended period of time, they're not usually getting paid to not wrestle.
1: Well, and plus, that's not like a real transferable skill.
0: <laughs>
1: Unless you want to be a bouncer or or, or... or in
0: a lot of cases, a movie star.
1: Oh, yeah. A yes, couple. Of, so, so so a couple have crossed over. I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, okay. there's,
0: there's a couple of that there. Um, wrestling is this note. So some of the little simple rules of wrestling here, like you start in one, each guy starts in a corner, kind of like a boxing match, and you obviously move about the ring here. Um, as of late, it's gotten more theatrical but that's because the WWE has really pushed this notion of a sports entertainment, not a, you know, like they've kind of like given it into the, notion like, wrestling's not real, but darn it if we don't make it look that real and darn it if we don't ma- get you to buy into it here. Um, most wrestling, and again, most wrestling ends with either you pitting a guy to the, you pinning a guy's shoulders to the ground for three seconds. Um, you put him in like a submission move, which makes them want to tap out. Um, they get, if you're outside of the ring here for more than 10 seconds here, um, you can be disqualified in that particular case. Or if you, somebody else interferes in the match or you bring a weapon into the match or you do something oh, to.
1: Oh, wait, cool. back up. A weapon, like a samurai sword? Wait, what are we talking about?
0: Well, they do have kendo sticks or a chair shot or like, you know, or if you like mess with the ring in some ways, like a turnbuckle comes off or stuff like that.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, when if it's a disqualification, there's a storyline reason for it. You know, like a bad guy wrestler wants to win, and so like they might um, cause a disqualification, which mean, which means that that championship can can only be won by either pinfall or submission. So if you get disqualified, you might lose the match, but you still get to keep your championship. Your title. okay. Yeah. So like, there's champions rules. Uh, again, obviously, championship belts.
1: What? Well, and and I have to say the the belt is it, it's got to be like twelve inches tall. It's huge. Yes. Um, but it is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and then you see it on some wrestlers, and it looks like a tiny like it looks like a belt buckle for some of them.
1: Okay. So so okay. I'm gonna let you lead, but I got bunches of questions. Oh
0: yes, please feel free to interrupt when you have them.
1: Oh, okay. Who gets to decide who gets to wear the belt? Because obviously if it's scripted, so, there's there's like...
0: So it's often known as the head booker or promoter. So every every wrestling pr- pr- promotion here around the world usually either has a group of people or a, or a guy who decides who's going to fight each other and who's going to have uh, the belt at the end of the day here. It's usually always decided by the company. In the WWE, there's a huge booking committee that you know goes through a lot of the storylines how are we going to do this who's going to fight who how is this going to lead to anything else um, but at the end of the day here it's really is the guy in charge of it all Vincent Kennedy McMahon or Vince McMahon as we'll just simply call him here who decides who's got the championship and who doesn't have the championship at the end of the day now a lot of that could be spurred by other people that are in the room saying no this guy should really have the championship this guy makes a lot of money for us and people want to see this guy get beaten down or want to see this guy barely eke out a, a, a win here or um, you gotta let the
1: bad guy lose or win sometimes
0: a lot of times the bad guys win all the time
1: oh well you gotta let the good guy win to let, to let
0: the good guy okay. win because when the good guy wins it's even sweeter that the bad guy lost because like here's this good guy vanquishing the dragon i guess at the end of the day here okay it's because of the bad guy lost all the time here and then like the bad guy was not really not really a credible bad guy then you know Okay. He
1: was, he, next, next question. Sure. Does this bear any semblance to wrestling that you might see in the Olympics? Or I mean, I, I it, it's called wrestling, but I'm used to like your sister wrestled, mm-hmm. um, and the idea that you pin somebody's shoulder to the mat.
0: Yeah. So, pro wrestling came out of what would have been amateur Greco-Roman wrestling here. Okay. Um, its roots are somewhat similar in it, where like you're grappling around and you're trying to get different holds on different people and occasionally submissions are very somewhat similar in amateur wrestling that might be in professional wrestling. Um, the real, again, major difference being, obviously, that amateur wrestling is usually uh, considered more of a sport, considered more of a yeah. um, traditional sort of means here as where professional wrestling kind of jumps off from that and is considered more or less kind of a... Entertainment. It, entertainment, yeah, pretty much okay. at this point here. Originally, at one point, it was considered very much a traditional kind of sport. Like it was considered like a legitimate sport, but they've since kind of moved away from that here at this point to kind of admit that, like, yeah, this is not.
1: Well, did some of the personality that it now has come out of the luchadors?
0: The... Some of that did, yeah, absolutely, and some of the American wrestling fed into luchadors even. Um, and so that's another that's another one here on my list here is lucha libres, which is. A Mexican style of wrestling; it often require is often um, a little bit more exciting in some cases here. Um, I like that they wear masks, and the masks are very important to them. Like those things are sacred in in um, in Mexico. I mean, like to lose it to lose your mask is a big dishonor, and they have entire matches where it's where the match is. If you lose, you have to take off the mask. Like it's a. I forget what the name of those are but it's a big deal and there's uh, there's a guy in Mexico and I forgot to I didn't think to write him down here but he's been in like over 50, 60 some odd movies since like the 1940s. He's a big deal in, in Mexico when it comes to like re- not just wrestling but even in movies. That's cool. It really is. Um, pro wrestling has stories. There's entire stories that get kind of weaved around not just um, the wrestling itself, where, like, you go from one point to another point to another, and there's a story being told in the wrestling, but there's wrestling about how they got to the match. Why are they fighting each other? Why are they going through this kind of, like, you know, sort we of, so like,
1: whole, Who's girl, or...?
0: Sometimes it's a girl, sometimes it's bragging rights, sometimes... One time, very, very... In a very dumb way here, an entire WrestleMania match was all based off of shampoo that... A sh- <laughs> a a Japanese shampoo commercial that never actually was a real thing at all They just found a way for them to fight and it was a long. and and not only after the match but like months later they're still fighting and nobody remembers why they're fighting they're just fighting in some cases it's like I don't like you and I really don't like you so I'm going to just mess with you all the time
1: yeah I was going to say there's a lot of smack talk
0: yeah There's a lot of smack talk, there's a lot of just, you know, I don't like you because you're blonde haired, I don't like you because you've got what I want, you know, stuff like that is, you know, like, is it, a lot of times the storyline reasons are petty? Yeah, very much so. Uh, My favorite aspect of pro wrestling is the finishers, because they're all unnecessary innuendos when you really think about it.
1: Explain what a finisher is.
0: So a finisher is a your final move. It's, some wrestlers might have two or three different final moves here. Um, it's the move that when you pull it off here, usually the other guy is so badly hurt that you know this is a chance in which you would pin them and hopefully win the match. So like it, it's like your final move, if you will, in a video game, or it's your it's like your your last move that you're going to do here. So like a lot of times you have to wait till the end of the match to do it because if you did it at the beginning of the match, the other wrestler would kind of get out of it. It's some theatrical sort of stuff here. Um, so, so, is, the,
1: so it's the climax. It's kind of the
0: climax here. So one, of the, so one of the examples might be that like the rock, he'll get you, he gets you in his ar- in his right arm with, his, with your body in his right arm. He trips you out from your right leg with his right leg and he falls backwards and then he drops you on the ground. That's called a rock bottom.
1: Ha, ha, ha. That's cute.
0: When you get to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, you you face right in front of him. He kicks you in the stomach. He turns around. And as you're, like, bending forward because you just got kicked in the stomach, he grabs your head and he falls down on his butt, essentially, with with your head. And so you don't fall down on your knees. And then when you hit the ground, you bounce back up. That's called a Stone Cold Stunner.
1: So it's sort of the orgasm of professional wrestling.
0: Pretty much, yeah. okay. So, and I don't just mean it in a, in a weird way that it's kind of an unnecessary innuendo in some cases. Because when you say them sometimes out loud, they're funny to listen to. Like what their names are, like they're 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 punny. They're, they're not only they're very punny, but like they're they're kind of interesting. You know, like John Cena's one of his final moves is called the Five Knuckle Shuffle. He puts you he, he, while you're laying down in the middle of the ring. Here, he just grabs his hand and he pushes over his face, telling you you can't see me. He runs the ropes, and then when he comes back. He kind of does a little shuffle, and then drops out and punches you in the face.
1: Okay, so I've, and as you as you talk about these things, I I can flash onto moments in which I've seen them, never really meaning to.
0: No, yeah, I mean, like they're they're usually like the big moves you would do at the end of the match to give everybody like, oh, oh, the, this is when it's going to be the end of the match, that, and so that's how you know when it's the end of the when you're getting toward the end of the match, and a lot of times depending on who you are, your finisher might be very well, uh, protected. Like nobody kicks out of your finisher. There's some finishing which when it happens and when you do it here, the other wrestler is expected to just look like they just died and they don't get back up and to pull it off here is like a, like a, Ooh, Oh my goodness. They pulled it off, you know? So there are finish. So there are the finishers here. And so, okay. um,
1: if everybody knows that's somebody's finisher, aren't, aren't people predicting that that's what's going to happen?
0: Sometimes that's a part of the story. I mean, sometimes the notion here is that um, if a wrestler has to use, like, their arm or some sort of other part of their body to do their finisher, you might target that particular part of the body. You might target another part of that person's body here. So, like, if you know somebody's got to, uh, like, lift you into the air to get you up, you might go at one of their legs here and do a lot of, like, you know stuff to their legs you might target their legs so that way they can't stand up or they have to hobble around so that way, when they do get you up on their shoulders they can't keep you up there and they gotta drop you back down because they can't hold you up at all you know or in some cases like let's say like your arm is one of your wrestling moves requires you to use one of your arms you know to great extent here you might you know grab the person's arm and you might you know twist it or you might you know swing them by their arm or you might Punch their arm, stuff like that, here to make it so that they can't use one of their arms, maybe.
1: Okay, so 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 if I were in baseball, this would be like like the first baseman uh, playing closer to to the plate for somebody who steals. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah,
0: so so there are like some storyline things you can do in wrestling here. Like you might attack a person outside of the ring and drop them on the ring and do like a lot of damage to them outside of the ring, and then go back into the ring and watch the ref count the other guy out. You know, go to that 10 count here. And if they do get back in the ring, you know, they just barely got back in the ring here. So then you can even, you can get more punishment on them. You know, because they're a little groggy and they're not quite all there.
1: Okay, so so when they have the show,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when it's on television, or even on pay-per-view, how long does this last? Like, how far can you stretch? Because I'm trying to think, okay, so maybe you have... Three different performances. Three? No. How many? Up. Really more? Okay. So how? Well, okay. We're talking a two-hour show.
0: So in a lot of cases here, um, when you get to like the TV shows here, Raw, which is the Monday night show, is a three-hour show. Jeez. I yeah. A lot of yeah. Even the even the promotion is at this point here where they're like, we gotta fill a lot of time, so they do a lot of promos and a lot of they do a lot of like wrestling matches. That might that might be inconsequential. They don't really add to any storyline here. But there's a lot okay. of matches that are like that. Well, you gotta train people. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, not well, not necessarily train people. But you gotta entertain them in between here. Okay. Um, and then SmackDown's a two-hour show. Uh, Raw obviously has more people on it, more wrestlers on mm-hmm. it, as where SmackDown has less wrestlers on it. So there's actually almost like two brands here, essentially. So Raw's got its own set of wrestlers that only wrestle on Raw. And then SmackDown's got its own set of wrestlers that only wrestle on SmackDown. So
1: we're like DC and Marvel.
0: Pretty much like that, yeah. Now, they do kind of, like, they do sometimes have stuff in between the two of them here.
1: Oh, so there's some crossover.
0: But not all the time here. Okay. Yeah, it's far, far more infrequent as as it were in a lot of cases. Okay. So, um, I forgot where I was going with that, um.
1: Okay, well, I mean, if, if you don't have a next topic, I got
0: one. Oh, I got, oh no, trust me, I got a lot of history here, but I wanted to let you get some questions in.
1: Okay, tag team.
0: So the notion of a tag team, um, and that actually was on my list here of things to talk about. Um, so tag team is basically like it sounds. You tag a guy in, in. Now, each one of them sits at a corner. They're not supposed to leave the corner. There's a little rope on the corner that they have to hold on to, and the notion is that you have to hold on to that little string and then tag a person in. Then you can come in and you can replace the other guy. So you always keep a guy fresh.
1: So there are always two fighters in the ring. Yes. It's just that the fighters can switch off. Yes. Like hockey.
0: In a lot of cases, very much like hockey. So like they switch off with one another. And in a lot of cases, like when we go back to in-ring storytelling, a lot of the time what you might have is very popular in tag team wrestling is you might single out one guy and not let him tag his other guy in. So you might keep him from the opposite corner. Or you might uh, inflict more punishment on him, but tag in your other partner frequently. So you two are fresh, that you're always taking a break. But this other guy is far away from his other guy here and he can't get over to him. In a lot of cases, it might be like, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, reaching in just the last minute where I think I'm going to get it. No, take it back. No. And then once, you know, and then uh, famously here, like, at one point, both wrestlers are going to be, you know, the wrestler who's been attacked most of the time here, has been in the match for a long time, is going to, you know, do some sort of move that gets the other guy to be kind of like also fall on the floor. And so the other guy's going to go reach to tag in his partner and then he's going to go tag in his other partner here, like which one's going to get to the rope for the other side first. And then the wrestler who's been, you know, wrestling for a long time tags his partner. His partner comes in Roar! and just goes nuts on the other guys.
1: Because he's fresh.
0: Because he's fresh. He's been waiting for a while. He's been waiting to get in.
1: Well, he's had all that adrenaline buildup.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then even in tag team wrestling, you might have a tag team finisher. Two guys do a do a move together at the same time. So a lot of cases, it might be like two guys lift a guy up and then drop him on his back as like a tag team finisher.
1: Well, okay. So, but doesn't that violate the rules?
0: So there's like a little... Again, like, the rules are very much in fluid a lot of the times. <laughs> now, there there are, like... So rules are meant to be broken. Rules are meant to be broken, and, like, in a lot of cases here, like, this is the rule, but, like, you got a little bit of leeway on it. So, like, as an example here, like, when you tag a guy in, you don't immediately have to leave. You might both do, like, some punishment to the guy, and then the other guy will leave eventually. You know, you usually got, like, a five-count to get out. So, like... If a guy tags each other in you might both stomp on him and kick him and punch him a little bit and then the other guy leaves. Or you might do a tag team move move that requires both of you in the ring at the same time to do it. You know, there are that sometimes and then you might leave again.
1: Seems a little unfair, but okay.
0: Oh no, absolutely. Like in a lot of cases again. So that's the other one I wanted to talk about here. So there's there are two terms that you gotta know about for wrestling. There are baby faces and heels. Baby faces are the good guys because they have a nice clean baby face. Okay. And bad guys are heels because they get under your heel.
1: Okay. So, so, name a couple of baby faces. Let's see if I've, I've heard of them.
0: So, John Cena.
1: Okay. I've heard of him.
0: Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock.
1: Okay. And I, I do know all three. Okay.
0: And what's famous about Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock is that they started out as heels. But got so over with the crowd that they became baby faces.
1: I love the idea that you would call a good guy a baby face. You might not have a baby face. I mean, I wouldn't describe uh, The Rock as having a baby face. No, great, no. Great eyebrows, but.
0: Absolutely. Um, another famous baby face, Hulk Hogan.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, so he would have been a baby face who turned heel.
1: Who t- Yeah, because they, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, so like that's the idea here. And then you get um, you get famous heels like The Undertaker.
1: Okay, yeah, and I've heard, I've heard of it. That's interesting because I would tell you I know absolutely nothing about wrestling except that, that I've peripherally seen it.
0: Um, Batista was a baby face and a heel. He kind of switches around occasionally. I
1: have no idea who that is.
0: That's Drax the Destroyer.
1: Drax the Destroyer, great name.
0: Yes. Okay. So that would be Batista from, he started again obviously as a wrestler okay so um, any other questions
1: no you go on I'll just interrupt you as I as as we come to it
0: I like that okay All right. so to really talk about the wrestling is to talk about the history of wrestling is to talk about the WWE here so um, but before we get to the WWE here there is a bit of history that goes on so wrestling in and of itself has existed since like the turn of the 19th century here like but it's mostly been like sideshow circuses kind of in between stuff and boxing matches here like it wasn't all that prominent um, until we what we kind of call kind of the golden age of wrestling, which would have been like after World War II. Okay. So after World War II, obviously there's a lot of people who need work, and one of the works you can do is professional wrestling. At the end of the day, and, you know, and so um, it slowly comes out of the shadows of being like a sideshow, and you start getting promotions that'll do that here. Um, it's what they start, and they start a system called the territory system. Um, and so, basically, was, there's little promotions throughout America here. Like, you might have one in Texas. You might have one that's like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia. You might have one that's just so in like, Florida. Like
1: mini leagues.
0: Mini leagues, yeah. And so, okay. they're, and they're all throughout the entire country here. And WWF or in WWE here started out as a territory. It was Capital um, Capital Wrestling here?
1: Okay. The capital
0: Wrestling Corporation here, and that started off as a its own individual, independent little thing here. And governing kind of this whole entire body here was a, was an organization called the NWA or the National Wrestling Alliance. And the notion was is that their champion was considered the world champion. Like you might have a, a champion that was a champion of your promotion here, um, but to become the world champion was to travel around to the different promotions and wrestle the best guy that was there. Um, And this is, if you go back in time here, these would have been wrestlers that would have been uh, like Luthez, Gorgeous George. I
1: remember Gorgeous George. uh,
0: Bruno San Martino, uh, Vern Gagne. These are very well-respected names, very old classic names for wrestling here.
1: So I remember remember what you're describing during the 60s. And Mm -hmm. and how I remember it is it used to be on on Saturday afternoons. um, And you'd also have around the same time period roller derby yes televised roller derby Mm -hmm. um with women um and there there used to be a lot of discussion about whether or not wrestling was real and at the time um there were people who said oh no it's not choreographed and other people said oh oh yes it wasn't campy though
0: no i mean
1: gorgeous george was a little campy but
0: yeah but gorgeous george is also one of the first guys to ever kind of like basically say like I'm going to have a character. And he's kind of the reason Kayfabe comes around. Okay. Is that I'm going to have a character, and I'm going to be this bad guy character. You know, and that's going to be a reason for people to want to come see me because they're going to want to come see me get beat up.
1: I remember they don't the like blonde me, hair.
0: The beautiful blonde hair. Like platinum. So when we get to when we get to the, what we might call like the silver age of wrestling, which is kind of the 60s and 70s, we do have that boom of wrestling, we start to have that boom of wrestling because of TV shows here. You have TV shows that are regional, but are promoting the wrestling that's essentially there again on Saturdays, like you said. Um, And this is kind of the time here where it's building up and building up here. Um, But it's not until the 80s in which we have like a real boom in pro wrestling here. Um, And so we talk about the WWE here. We have to talk about um, its original owner here in Capital Wrestling Corporation, which would have been Vincent James McMahon, now it's the father of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who eventually sold the company to his son um, and at that point here the son realized that if he could get other wrestlers to join his promotion, he could have a bigger reason to have, you know, all these superstars that would have been in the other territories, if you got like big names from other territories to see them fighting other people from another territory, would have been a really big deal, it would have been a big draw but to Vincent for Vincent Kennedy McMahon that would or Vincent Kennedy McMahon that would have just been another Saturday for him. And because you could have these big names, Vincent Kennedy McMahon decided that he was gonna have wrestling nationwide. So he bought, you know, cable time, which was not cheap back in the day, to have professional wrestling all over the world. So you could watch his matches that happened in New York, you could watch it in California. So the notion was is that I'm going to get the best wrestlers and I'm going to have a nationwide telecast so that way everybody can see it and then everyone's going to want to come and watch my product because I've got all these big-name wrestlers from all these different territories that are not only paying more money to wrestle for me, but it's the only place you're going to see them wrestle other people like this.
1: So now now are you talking about late 70s, early 80s? We're talking
0: about the very like late 70s and early 80s here. Because like, so I was there's...
1: trying to think of when cable became something... That was more common, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And actually, a lot of the original WWF here was on NBC on Saturdays. There would have been what they call the Super Show.
1: Oh, okay. So the Saturday Super Show. In the the evening or in the afternoon?
0: um, I'm not sure which. I think it might have been both in some cases. On NBC? On NBC.
1: So going up against YY World Sports on ABC? Yes. Okay, got
0: it. So yeah, so... That was kind of how the genesis of the rest of you know the wrestling boon started happening here. Um, and eventually Vince McMahon, you know, call, coins wrestling as sports entertainment to bring more interest into it. you yeah. like, it's not just a support competition, it's entertainment. Look at how entertaining this is. Look how amazing this is. Look at the entertainment on here. And that's when you start getting, like, wrestling, you get, like, theme music to walk wrestlers into the ring and entrance music. Um, you get a lot of wrestling that is character-driven. So, you know, like this is... Hulk Hogan is typically, like, the American guy. Then you might have, like, you know, the Iron Sheik. He's the Iranian guy, or the Russian guy. Well, yeah, you,
1: you had the Russian guy. That was a big thing.
0: Yeah, and then you... Well, because you had kind of the like cold... We're just coming off the Cold War here back then, right? Yeah. Um, but you get a lot of wrestlers that are, like, you know, have, like, a... You know, where you get, like, a lot of what they call gimmick wrestling, which is, this guy has a gimmick. This is their thing.
1: Well, at some point, it just took a turn and got campy
0: oh yeah no no as we get to the 90s it definitely got campy um but this is also the time of some great wrestling you got hulk hogan who was a mainstay in the wwef here at the time here until like the late until the very early 90s here you've got rowdy roddy piper you've got um andre the giant randy macho man savage um, you have uh, the Iron Sheik, as previously mentioned, and you have, like, managers like Bobby the Brain Heenan, which brought, like, a new dimension to wrestling. Like, if you were managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, like, oh, that's the real bad guy there. That's, that's guy, that guy's being managed by the top bad guys.
1: Well, and, and Lou Ferrigno?
0: Lou uh I don't remember him being a wrestler. Oh, okay. I, originally, he was a bodybuilder. A bodybuilder, body you're builder, right, yeah. you're right. And then... He got that famous role as the Hulk, which they just really just painted him green, which was kind of cool back yeah. in the day because, like, special effects weren't what they were now. Yeah. Um, so we get to the early 90s here. If you remember the NWA here, like, it's losing a bit of its luster as the WWF at the time is growing. They've WWF has basically introduced um, WrestleMania here as its big thing here where they're, getting you know pop singers and major movie stars and tv stars to come and be at their show to basically say, give it legitimacy is like this big name sort of event here uh, and the nwa is slowly losing its own relevance with the territory system because again i mean like people want to go watch this national broadcast they don't want to watch this smaller broadcast
1: well and and, you have pay-per-view coming into yes the four as well
0: absolutely um and so what ends up happening here is there's a gentleman by the name of Jim Crockett who has his own promotion but starts buying out other promotions to gain leverage with the NWA. So the NWA originally is just a governing body. But like whoever's got the most, you know, pool in there, like in this case Jim Crockett was trying to get a lot of pool for the NWA and by buying other territories and basically kind of create something similar to the WWF at the time. Um but he's not really quite able to do that at all i mean this is the territories are starting to die here and um putting on a wrestling show is not as profitable profitable as it used to be because there's this giant company doing it already and you're doing now what might be a rinky dink version of it even though you might have like four or five thousand people that come watch a show the wwf's got that on a weekly basis and you're doing it once a month
1: well that and getting it broadcast
0: yeah getting it broadcast was expensive you couldn't do a nation inla- you couldn't do a nationwide program unless you had a lot of money to get onto that yeah and you couldn't have a nationwide broadcast unless you had a lot of money or people interested in your product so like in this case here jim crockett basically decides that he's going to start trying to glom up as much as he can of the of the nwa here to try to make a push to be a rival to the WWF because again like the WWF at the time here was basically spitting on the fact of all these other territories here by poaching their best wrestlers to have them wrestle on their program and as a result of these other shows basically like dying because they lost their top wrestlers Vince McMahon actually buys their territories in order to gain whatever leverage in other wrestling he can.
1: So he's consolidating.
0: Yes a lot of consolidation happens in the 80s and early 90s here. Um, But Jim Crockett, unfortunately, can't muster enough interest in his product here. Like, the NWA is not as popular. It tries to do pay-per-views as well, but it loses out to the WWF at the time here. And so Jim Crockett sells his promotion here to a little-known man by the name of Ted Turner, (laughs) who rebrands Jim Crockett's wrestling promotion as world championship wrestling wrestling or otherwise known as wcw and what's interesting about wcw is is that the way they decided that they were going to get popular is not just to have their own wrestling but that they were going to get former wrestlers from the wwf and pay them more money to wrestle for them instead so you would get the likes of like hulk hogan randy the macho man savage and other wrestlers who had had good good runs and good you know streaks while they were in the WWF who were like semi-retired here at some point sort of like masters golfing, I suppose yeah. Where like,
1: where you have have Tom Watson still golfing, I suppose yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but you get but you get these big names because they're big names and you can pay them a lot of money. And you don't
1: and people will come to see them
0: absolutely. And you don't have them wrestle all, every week. You might have them wrestle every other week or only during the big events so that way they're always fresh they're not getting themselves injured nearly as much um but they're huge names you can't see them anywhere else
1: so it's geezer wrestling
0: not necessarily i mean you got to remember that (laughs) when like the hulk hogan when like hulk hogan leaves the wwf here in like the early 90s like he's in his 40s
1: yeah no he still he still has a
0: lot of room to wrestle and he just wanted to start again he had had great success in like rocky and then he also had good success in a couple other movies here and he wanted to do movies because movies paid really well
1: yeah
0: you know like you know make it about, while you can absolutely um but the early 90s here sees um also the WWF going through a bit of a scandal here as well and it's in steroids here okay which the wwf here in Vince McMahon barely survives through
1: okay so so that that interests me why who, who cares if wrestlers are taking steroids?
0: Because it's somewhat still a legitimate sort of sport here and the concern oh. at the end it's, there's a little bit of that here, but at the end of the day it was also a concern that um, that a lot of wrestlers were very big wrestlers. Fam- Vince McMahon is a, is a proponent of bodybuilding. He if you've ever seen famous pictures of him, it's him you know with all of his muscles like at full tension and this giant like metal chain around him. Okay. That, they, that they often use in weightlifting and stuff like that as like yeah, training seen sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. like It's a very famous photo of him, but he is totally into bodybuilding. And a lot of the wrestlers are pretty much bodybuilders for the most part. They're huge, jacked-up guys. And the concern was really that, like, is Vince McMahon forcing people to be in his promotion to take steroids to be as big as they are?
1: Because of the health danger.
0: Because of the health danger, absolutely.
1: The roid rage and all, all mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes kind of with the timing about when we were discovering those things. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that's the that's the early '90s here. But again, like you gotta, um, this is also gonna be the time in which you start getting some new wrestling. Uh, WWF has moved for away from like Saturday shows to a Monday night show, which is Raw Monday Night Raw.
1: I remember that. So,
0: uh, famously shot in New York before it started touring around the country. Here, when it got big enough to do it. Um, this is when you start having wrestlers like Sergeant Slaughter, Brett the Hitman Hart, uh Yokozuna, which is a, was meant to be a Japanese wrestler, he was actually Samoan.
1: <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't get some, some sumo guy to
0: Well not not a guy that was as big as the Samoan guy. I mean, like he looked like he might have been a legitimate um sumo wrestler.
1: Interesting. Walked
0: out with a guy named Mr. Fuji who threw who acted like he was <laughs> Professional sumo wrestler. Um, you also get some people like Shawn Michaels, uh, Diesel, Razor Ramon. The Undertaker comes around. Uh, great wrestler who had actually been the NWA champion for many, many years prior to this. Here, uh, Ric Flair has been around oh, for a I long remember time. That name? Oh yeah, no, he was he would he was a big name in the NWA. So, um, but then we get to a point here in the mid '90s here called the Monday Night Wars. And basically, Ted Turner had thought and decided here that, you know, the WWF had too much of the wrestling pie. He wanted a big, he wanted a bigger cut of that wrestling pie, and hired a guy by the name of Eric Bischoff and said, "What do we need to do to compete with the WWF?" And basically, he was like, "Well, if we're going to compete with them, we need to go head to head with them. We can't just be like a different show because other people are going to watch the other show. You want to." Take their ratings away from them. So, if we're going to have a if we're going to compete with them, we have to be on at the same time. And for, oh, head to head, head to head, we have to, we have to be on at the same time, and we have to have a better product. And Ted Turner owns TBS. It owns TBS, yeah. so yeah. he can give away the time pretty easily. So they had um, Monday Nitro, which comes out literally starts at the same time as. You know the wf at nine o'clock and famously like eric bischoff was very very competitive so what he did was again he was the guy who was getting these other wrestlers from the wwf to wrestle for him and what he would do here is that back in the day raw was a taped show you would tape it in the evening and then rebroadcast it later on okay so what he would do is he would get a guy to be there in the show wherever raw was call him up with the info that happened and he would spoil what was going to happen on Monday Night Raw
1: oh that's so because underhanded
0: because Eric Bischoff was live because again TBS was a you know you right. own TBS you can right. say when something's live or not and so because the WCW was always live on Monday nights that's how you could get a, you know he would basically like get the information on what's happening and at the very top of the broadcast would say like, over there at the you know, loser WWF. You know, like there's this is happening, this is happening, and this is happening. It's like, psh, what a horrible show. Now look at our show. You're not gonna know what's gonna happen in here. You know, and that played into a lot of what may had this kind of cool mistake about the WCW because uh, one of the major things that they did here was that they got wrestlers from the WWF, obviously that had been big names, and one of the a series of names they got was um, um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, which had formerly been. Diesel, and Razor Ramon in the WWF. And they came into WCW as invaders. They never said they were from the WWF at all, but they came in, everyone knew who they were. Oh my goodness, WWF guys are going to WCW. Oh my goodness, I gotta watch WCW because they're attacking them. And like, but, but that wasn't the actual case. Okay. And basically manufactured at the end of the day. And They end up joining leagues with Hulk Hogan, where he becomes a bad guy. Remember, Hulk Hogan's been the biggest babyface of ever, and he becomes, instead of, you know, Hulk Hogan becomes Hollywood Hogan, and they create this new, they create this, what they call, uh, in wrestling, a stable here, is when people are all kind of part of the same kind of organization. Okay. They create the NWO, or the New Wrestling, or New World Order, and these guys just run roughshod over everybody, because they're getting their popular guys have been big popular guys and one guy's literally seven foot one other guy the other guy is like a super technical wrestler and the other guy here is like the biggest baby face that's turned heel and everybody hates him so these guys run roughshod over everybody but it's really kind of cool so you gotta kind of go and watch it um and over the course of the next couple of years here in the mid 90s here wcw is more popular than the wwf um yeah
1: that's interesting I don't remember it but we didn't have cable
0: no we never had cable but you would I would see kids at school with like Nwo shirts and I families remember one time going to summer camp and they had this whole wrestling bit that that like they did a skid on it here and I was like I have no clue what this is I'm sorry. Just, I,
1: I robbed you of a legitimate childhood
0: no 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 you oh my goodness <laughs> this, this wrestling thing oh my goodness I, so so ruined so ruined the therapy has been amazing here well, no. you know,
1: well, like, one of you had the toys with the ring. I still have the wrestling ring and some of the wrestling figures um, in one of the closets.
0: Yes. It would have been the younger brother.
1: But, uh, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been the youngest brother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, so WCW does really well during this time. But you got to remember that, like, WCW is being more aggressive and more mature at the time they've kind of done away with a lot of like their gimmicky sort of wrestling um they've brought in a lot of mexican wrestlers and japanese wrestlers who have like this high-flying sort of quick action sort of stuff here the lucha libre style and the um japanese style as well which is a lot of like flippy moving around because they're lighter wrestlers in a lot of cases so okay brings a lot of interest into more
1: martial arts i would think
0: some more martial arts yeah it brings it in basically a lot more of interest into WCW and so WCW does a much better job. And the WWF, WWF at the time is still doing a lot of what is gimmick wrestling. they weren't, they were very much to the mindset here that like, no, no, this is, this is a passing fad. This is not going to, this is not going to So they're lie. not
1: innovating. They're just going with the tried and true.
0: They're going with a lot of tried and true stuff here. But again, you get a lot of, you know, gimmick wrestlers. Like there's one wrestler here by the name of Kane, who's famously just been like, Every other character under the sun before he found his, his calling. He was a dentist at one point. There's other characters that were like a mounty and a cop. Okay.
1: There was a famously
0: like a guy who was an accountant. Guess oh, what accountants he, have better figures. Guess what he was? He was
1: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, I well, used to have the t shirt, what can I say? It's
0: perfect. I love that. that's oh Yep. Um, but eventually the WWF decides, you know, has a couple people in here by the name of like Shawn Michaels and a young Triple H here who basically convinced Vince McMahon that like, hey, if you, you know, like, can we just stop being characters and be more ourselves? Because we have a lot of fun when are when we are ourselves. As so you get a lot of the wrestlers here that stop being characters so much, they're more like themselves, but turned up to like eleven and twelve in some cases. So
1: just just heightened.
0: Yeah, so like you have the Rock here, who's and again very very happy and smiling when you first see him in his first couple of matches. Disappears for three months, and when he comes back, he's a very, you know, disgruntled sort of you know like you know guy because it's like when I was smiling, when I was smiling, you were booing me, and now you're just booing me, so. It doesn't matter whether I'm a nice guy or not now. Now you're not going to get the nice, you know, Rocky Maivia, you're going to get the rock, you know. And he led a stable called the Nation of Domination, which was an all-African-American sort of thing, very much in line with, like, what might look like the Black Panthers.
1: Oh, I like Black Panther.
0: So, like, uh, well, n- not the movie. like. The oh, orga- not the movie, okay. The Organization.
1: I remember those two.
0: Yeah, so. Um, so, yeah, like, he led, you know, then again, it's them turned up all the way to, like, 10, 11
1: so exaggerate your your natural personality your national
0: personality or an element of yourself here um, you still have some kind of gimmick wrestling here like the undertaker is like himself is still the undertaker but he's like a cult leader now sort of thing okay. here with like magical powers even I mean like
1: oh that's a little much
0: oh it, it, he's, cruci- he's literally crucifying people on his on his symbol at certain points here it's okay it's it's very dark and weird okay um we live in a dark weird time so. true um and you even get Vince McMahon who had famously been prior to like the mid 90s here had been an announcer for the WWF like there was right. no mention of him being the actual like owner of the company at all yeah he comes out as being the owner of the company and comes out as being a villainous owner of the company um and um so this is like the Monday Night Wars where eventually they get to a point later on where they're trading off raiding wars and fights um, and this is the time of which you're going to have um, again like The Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin Mankind uh, Big Show again Triple H these are wrestlers that got them out of the of the mid 90s here and into a more profitable time where the WF was making new wrestlers um, essentially okay and what ends up happening with the, with the WCW though is that wcw is relying so much on these older wrestlers because they get they even get other wrestlers like Bret to Him, men and a couple others that are made names for themselves in wwf here but um one of the things that happens is that when you lure them over there with a contract they wrote in the contract that they have complete creative control over their characters oh. so part of the problem was is that these top guys here weren't letting other people get to the top as well with them, newer kids. Yeah,
1: they, they don't want to be the loser.
0: Well, not so much that they don't want to be the loser here, but, like, if you're on the top bracket of it here, then, like, you make more money. Right. So if you have the ability to keep yourself at the top, they would keep themselves at the top. And famously, like... And then
1: you're not developing new talent.
0: You're not developing new talent, and a lot of these other wrestlers here don't get a chance to get to the top at all. I mean, like... There's a lot of wrestlers that became very disgruntled because you'd get in and nobody knew what was going on here because the top wrestlers hadn't been told what was what what the, what was what they what the organization wanted to have happen. Uh-huh. They get told and they're like, "No, well, that's changed." It's like, "But, but this is going to make us more money." No, I can't lose. Yeah, and, and, the, the, and the,
1: th- the problem with that is then you the younger wrestlers who are coming up have no interest in working for that because there's no shot.
0: Well, there's no shot initially at all. I mean, yeah. like you get some wrestlers like you know, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, I and mean, like Chris Benoit actually won the WCW championship and very famously told the back office here while he was in the middle of the ring live on TV. There's a lot of us that you're keeping down because the older guys have a monopoly on you know their contracts and have a monopoly on the top spots here. So you know he basically won the title and then basically left the company two days later and abandoned the title to go to WWF because it was a plan that literally a week from then he was going to lose the title back to Hulk Hogan or one of the other NWA or one of the other NWO guys here. Okay. So um, and that's basically kind of like the downfall of what was the WCW here like they had too many top guys from the older promotion. And weren't making new wrestling wrestling, you know, champ, weren't making new wrestlers out of them at all. And people were getting tired of watching this one set of people steamroll everybody else and yeah. what was new at one point and fun and interesting quickly became stale because they keep because you kept saying the same thing every single week. Yeah. So yeah, it mean, no, like
1: makes sense. Yeah, you can see where that would happen.
0: So when we get to the late 90s and early 2000s here, we get to the Attitude Era of the WWF here. This is a, again, this is them being more mature storylines here. Like, um, you know, it's, it's basically kind of like the culmination of what would be the end of the Monday Night War here. You know, like WWF has learned that you can be more mature, you can have less character wrestling, you know, and you can have storylines that's more about, you know, I don't like you because you're this guy here sort of stuff. Okay. Um, this is where you also start getting, like, wrestling entrances with, like, music and a little more pomp and circumstance kind of happening to it here, like...
1: A little more pageantry?
0: Oh, a lot lot more pageantry in some cases here. Um, by the end of the 2000s here, like, WCW is so bad that they're wrestling their main championship over the course of a three-month period, over, like, the course, I think, of, like, a year uh, or nine months here, had 17 different champions, which is like makes the which basically makes the belt have like no legitimacy to it at yeah. all. Um, and one of those champions was David Arquette. <laughs> to propo- to promote a movie featuring WCW wrestlers. Wow. Yeah, no, it was it was a very it was a very low point in the company. He's
1: kind of a lost guy, too.
0: Yeah. Um, but eventually the WWF seeing that WCW Ted Turner doesn't want to have a failing company anymore. He's recently merged with AOL and Time Warner, mm-hmm. and they don't want to have this wrestling promotion on their books anymore because the wrestling promotion is losing a lot of money to keep up these major contracts. Cost a lot
1: okay. for these
0: older wrestlers, um, and they basically decided, you know what, we're going to sell the company, and the WWF is the one that buys it.
1: Makes sense for so them. So
0: they bought the wrestling because they could buy the huge catalog of. Of wrestling tapes, yeah, and they could buy a lot oh. of the contract. Yeah, one With of the wrestling reas- tape, okay. So one of the reasons they wanted to buy it was to keep buy the wrestling tapes, and they basically have monopoly over the library. That's one of the interesting things about the WWE. But, is
1: but since you know the outcome, how much interest is there in that? I mean, it's not like you see these things rebroadcast, do you?
0: You don't see them rebroadcast, but you do see them re- re- repackaged into video libraries. So a lot of so again like you may not see these shows rebroadcasted at all like they're a one They're off not here.
1: going into syndication.
0: No, they don't go into syndication. But what you can do and is very popular here was to get wrestling um, You know, is to get wrestling and basically you know, hey, this is the story of mankind over the last nine months, and you can have the storylines and the, and you can pull out the best stuff here. You can do some interviews, which doesn't take a lot of money to do interviews and do candid, you know, kind of, you know, conversations or narrations behind it. And you can repackage it as, like, hey, if you, want, if you wanted to watch the last nine months of The Rock here, you could watch the last nine months to a year of The Rock. And you they would have... So, and you'd,
1: so if you were a super fan of a particular...
0: Wrestler, you could have, you know, you go okay. back in time and watch their older stuff. And, you know, some of those matches are pretty memorable to this state here, even. Like, if so a lot of cases you might, you know, somebody be like, oh man, I really love that one match from Undertaker and Mankind. It's like, I have that one. Really? Yeah, let's rewatch it. You know? So you would, so like that was a thing here and you can and in some cases here you might have like a much more condensed storyline. So if you really wanted to know, you know, this huge war between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, you might have a, you know, you might have an hour and a half, might, might have an hour and a half videotape here or DVD later on that condenses that story down to that short amount of time instead of having it having to watch like two years worth of content to find out all the stuff you might condense it down to a smaller thing here. Okay. So but, like, but
1: that makes sense actually. So
0: there was so there's value in that and at the same time here, like WCW wasn't well known for doing a lot of their videos doing a lot of videos and stuff. They did it for a lot of their major stuff, not a lot of their smaller stuff at all. So like when you have wrestlers like Chris Jericho who jump ship from WCW to the WWF now, when you put out a DVD for him, you can include some of the stuff he did in WCW. And so that's,
1: now Yeah, I can see where that would be cool.
0: And where it is right now, where the WWE has a streaming network, they have all these old matches from WCW. They've bought a lot of the old stuff from other promotions as well, so they have all the tape libraries for that, too.
1: Oh, you can stream it on the internet?
0: Yes. Oh, that's cool. It's okay. actually a pretty good deal now. So instead of paying, like, 30, 40 bucks for a pay-per-view, you can watch it online for about 10 bucks now 10 bucks a month
1: that's pretty cool it's a pretty good deal okay
0: um but so you know WWF buys wcw and starts integrating what some of their wrestlers are into their shows like chris jericho eddie guerrero chris benoit um the dudley boys which has been a popular uh, i'm
1: i'm vaguely aware of vaguely
0: aware of some of these guys yeah um and what culminates with a lot of this year is what they call the invasion storyline. So what happened was is that um, at the last show of Monday Night Nitro on TBS here, Vince McMahon shows up to say that he bought his rival, he bought his competition and it's actually his son Shane McMahon that comes on and says, no, McMahon bought the company, but it was me who bought the company.
1: New storyline.
0: There's there's new storylines here and then like a couple months later here, wrestlers from WCW start invading the WWF. And there was another promotion called ECW as well, Extreme Championship Wrestling that existed. Yeah. It wasn't very popular. It had it had its very hardcore fan, but it's based off of the an older territory in like the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, New Jersey area. Okay. Um it kind of joins in as well, so you have these two other warring factions that of come in and are Fighting with the WWF and wrestlers are bouncing back and forth here. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin joins the uh, WCW at one point here, and um, you know the championships are, you know they have the old WCW championships are back and they're being traded with other guys from the WWF. And eventually, what ends up happening is that the WWF wins at the end of the day here. Like they vanish, they vanquish this other promotion. And all their championships kind of get merged with other stuff on their side. And they basically have now a legitimate reason to have all these older WCW wrestlers that were there. So, like, Booker T um, and a couple other guys, Rod Van Dam, they're now legitimate reason for them being the WWF. So it's kind of a reason to kind of, like, merge everything and have everything kind of as a nice final story. Okay. If that makes sense. Yep um and again this is where you also start getting some of some great tag team wrestling as well that kind of comes up so you have like again the dudley boys hardy's edge and christian um i probably already mentioned eddie guerrero chris benoit and those a couple names here a couple times yeah um you also start getting um more dangerous and more and they literally have a championship called the hardcore championship and that was basically a match in which like use whatever you want go wherever you want so long as you pinned the guy to the ground for three seconds you won
1: okay so does some of this get into cage matches
0: yes there's a very famous cage match called the hell in a cell oh jeez. it's 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 basically like where a normal cage match in a wrestling would be like it surrounds the entire ring all the posts essentially like it's, yeah. it's the, the dimensions of the ring and the notion is you either climb out of the cage, you pin a guy in the cage
1: yeah.
0: to win, essentially. So basically, if you get out of the cage, you climb up and over it and put your feet on the ground, you win.
1: Uh, that doesn't seem like wrestling. That seems like
0: climbing. Get, yeah. But the notion is that the other guy tries to like drag you back down. Yeah. And the only time you can ever get up there is if you like truly got the other guy down. There's a door which you can leave as well. People rarely leave out the door, though. Okay. Because like the door is usually like chained up because if the notion was that you could leave out of the door, everyone would rush to the door.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, make for a short match.
0: Yeah. Um, but the hell in a cell covers the entire play area. So usually there's the ring and there's like a um, I would describe maybe like a five or six foot sort of distance between the, what would they call the barricade where the fa- and then there's the fans. Uh huh. So the hell in a cell encompasses that entire area. And then, so when you get outside of the ring, you throw people into the cage. Famously, people have found their, have gotten out of the cage and found their way up to the top of the cage and wrestled at the top of the cage. Um, there's a famous bit here where Undertaker literally throws mankind off the cage and into a table, and underneath where he lands on the table, and everyone's freaking out over it because they think they just saw a man die from dropping like what seems like 20, 30 feet in the air. Oh wow! Oh yeah, no, no, it's gruesome. Like to hear the commentators listen to it, to watch it, they're like, "Oh my God, he's dead! My God, he's broken in half!" Like, th- there's another thing about pro wrestling: the commentators are the narrators for the show, and so they're kind of talking in the background about like. You so know, when you
1: talk about a color commentator, you're talking about like like an ultraviolet color.
0: Not quite <laughs> neon. So there's two types of commentators. There's the um, there's the commentator which goes about the day-to-day plays of what's happening in the ring, you know, like... Play-by-play. Play. You know, and there's a play-by-play play guy, and then there's a color commentator that kind of goes about, like... it's usually it usually pretends to be, like, a bad guy in a lot of cases, um, where they're, like, you know, like, oh, man, I love The Rock. I love how he yells at everybody. Look at him telling the truth and everything, you know? like And then, like, he's meant to, like, hype up the bad guy okay. in a lot of cases, but they might also be like, you know, well, you can't do that, you know? Like, well, the other guy's supposed to be, like, the straight man of the group. You know, they're the ones who narrate, so like they might talk about not only what's happening in the ring here, but they'll also talk about other stuff here. Like, can you believe what happened here early in the ring? He did that. I can't believe he did that. Well, yeah, of course he had to do that. He he's the bad guy. No, but I can't believe you know stuff like that. So they're kind of also building, showing
1: showing some outrage.
0: They're showing some outrage, but they're also building up the narrative. So if they're upset about something, you can be upset about something, and you can appreciate why you're doing that too. Okay. Um. But WWE is being a lot more aggressive and more um, a, being a lot more aggressive and mature and they because in the anti-air it was all about beating WCW and they kind of continue that because it works really well and this leads into the, 2000, the early portion of the 2000s here so uh, now do you know why the WWF had to change the name to WWE?
1: No I don't remember the story I think I knew it one time but.
0: So there was an organization called the World Wildlife Fund
1: Ha, 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 That's cute. Okay.
0: So, there's the World Wildlife Fund. It's very famous for having this panda above uh, with the Yeah, WWE. no, I
1: know. I know what it is. Yeah.
0: And then, um, and basically they sued WWEF here because of the naming rights. Because, again, they were getting a lot of bad publicity for their organization because they're also known as the World Wildlife Fund or the WWF. Okay. And they famously sued the WWF and won. So that's how WWF had to change the name to WWE. World. Did, they,
1: did they ever ever have somebody dress up as a panda and get in the ring?
0: I don't think so. Uh, it would have been a nice little thing. Um, yeah. My favorite part of this of them changing the name here is that they had a famous campaign where the campaign was basically get the F out.
1: <laughs> that's cute. Because they were taking that's out cute. the F and they were replacing yeah.
0: it with E, so World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. So I, I always found that to be fun. I, that is out. cute. Again, I you was know, on that it's be, pretty creative. Yes, um, they'd it often have like the WWF logo, and they would have somebody like cut off the last two little bits where like where the F cr- got created, and so like they were getting the F out. That's They cute. might pull the F and like throw it away, like get the F out.
1: That's cute. So, okay.
0: Um, so yeah, so yeah, so at this point here, WWE is fully integrated, WCW and ECW, ACW wrestlers, um, because of their integration with all this. This is where you get what they call the, the brand split. And you have the two brands here. You have Raw and SmackDown, and this is what, where wrestlers only wrestle on Raw, and then some wrestlers only wrestle on SmackDown. Um, championships get kind of divided between the two shows, and they make some new championships to kind of show on each show. So, like, there's a champion on each show. They have one of them has the World Wrestling Federation, or the W, the World, the WWE Championship, and another one has the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, both of them have the ta- have a tag team titles. Uh, one of them's got the women's championship. Another one has what they call uh, what they called women wrestlers back in the day. They called them divas. Mm-hmm. So they had a divas championship. So they had like two championships in that. Um, they also had kind of like a mid-card championship. One who had the United States championship. Another one had the intercontinental championship. Um, those titles are usually known as like the workhorse, workhorse sort of wrestling of championships, they're usually meant for the wrestlers that have like really, really great matches, or like wrestling every single night in good matches here because it's meant way to build up your credibility for having the world heavyweight championship. Like, oh, he's a really, really good wrestler; he'd be a good champion. Yeah, you know. Um, and this is, this area is here. It's also known as the ruthless aggression area because you start getting a lot of wrestlers that are a lot more aggressive with their moves, they're cursing a little bit more often, and. They're following a lot of what would have been the Attitude Area, but again, turned up all the way to 11 and 12.
1: So I have a question here. Yes. Because because during this time period, you also got sort of a um, mixed martial arts and, and kickboxing really kind of coming to the f- to the foreground. Yes, so and MMA. I, and I kind of assumed when it was happening that that was because um, professional wrestling had gotten a little too campy and people wanted something they could believe was real.
0: I think a lot of it was also just that, like, wrestling in and of itself looks very real at the end of the day, but a lot of people kind of, at this point, because the prevalence of the internet are quickly becoming aware that it's not real at all and are maybe kind of looking for something that's real. Yeah. And so I think, like, organizations um, for, like, mixed martial arts here, like, um, saw that this lack of what, Saw what people were really kind of looking for, and basically decided, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna offer that to people because clearly there's some some people that want this."
1: Yeah, well, so so when you say that that um, you know some of the professional wrestling got more violent, I wonder if it's trying to attract that mixed martial arts, kickboxing sort of crowd.
0: I'm not necessarily certain about that, but again, I mean, like I think it's a natural extension of what was wrestling at the time was. Again, that's very kind of aggressive sort of course or Remember, like, okay. you have, P- you have, you you start getting TV ratings here, which started coming up in the late 90s and early 2000s here. So it's it's branded as a PG-13 show. Okay. Um, which
1: heightens the audience.
0: Heightens the audience and kind of triggers you to be aware of, like, oh, this is something that I probably shouldn't watch. Yeah. Um, but you get some great wrestlers out of this here. You get, you get Randy Orton, uh, Batista, who, again, is Drax the Destroyer here. Um, you get Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, again Rob Van Dam, Ray Mysterio, Booker T, and um, John Cena, which is a because quickly be, you know he starts out as a bad guy as well. Um, he starts out um, as this like he's a babyface now. He's always oh, he's a, very much a babyface. Okay. He's a he's a he's a somewhat l- beloved and hated babyface because he wins all the time. He's such a goody good guy. He, he's our version of Hulk Hogan. Okay, and if he ever turns heel, it'll be. <laughs> I, I want him to be turned into a bad guy so badly because I think he would be amazing at it to just be a bad guy. But at the same time here, like, it'd be a, such a fresh change for something else here. Like, it really would. Like, like when Hulk Hogan became a bad guy, it was a fresh change for Hulk Hogan. And everyone like, oh, I really like Hulk Hogan again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I imagine, I imagine that probably uh, does have an impact. Yeah.
0: So... Can't really talk about this in great ways because it's not a great thing to talk about in some cases here. But wrestling almost died in 2007, and the reason it almost died was because of um, the Chris Benoit murder suicide. So, the story for this is that in 2007, here there's a again, there's Chris Benoit, he's a famous wrestler. Um, Him and Eddie Guerrero are like the top guys in the WWE here, following WrestleMania 20, like they're the big guys there. very famously they have this like both of them have hold the championships for their for their brands here and they have this huge celebration at the end of the show with confetti and everything it's this feel-good moment you know Now eddie guerrero has died in 2005 because of a heart attack here like you know like it was a very sad moment nobody was expecting it at all yeah um and chris benoit has been this wrestler who's been this very not necessarily aggressive but very much a um very tactical wrestler you know he's very well known he's very well respected in the in the company here um and over the course of a weekend here he doesn't show up for a couple shows and he's supposed to be on a pay-per-view in which he's supposed to win the championship for um one of the shows here and um he never makes that show at all now other now he's texted and mentioned in in communicate with other wrestlers here and some of the guys are trying to cover for him you know like oh no his wife is sick you know his wife and son are sick, and um, come to find out that over the weekend here, in nobody really knows why, but he choked his wife to death and then smothered his five-year-old son with a pillow while he was asleep. Oh. Yeah, and eventually he takes his own life by basically going to his workout room and letting like uh, one of those like you know bench bench presses uh-huh. basically on the bar sit on his neck and choke him out. So he, he ends up murder, he's sui- going suicide. under suicide. Yeah. Um, previously, the uh, either SmackDown or Raw. I want to say it was Raw. Here had a famous ep- had a famous episode where uh, Vince McMahon walks into a limo and it explodes, and the notion was that Vince, the Vince McMahon character is dead.
1: I I, I remember vaguely something about that. So.
0: Um, one me between me and one of my friends used to be that like that was how we ended. That's how I wanted to end every single wrestling storyline was that somebody walks into a limo and a limo explodes. explodes. That because I thought it was cute and funny. Yeah. Um, and the next episode was supposed to be the funeral or for Vince McMahon and to figure out who would kill them. and then he shows up on air to alert everybody that like, hey, like, we're not going to have a show tonight because Chris Benoit just died. Now at the time they didn't know that it was a murder-suicide pact that had happened that okay. it happened here that they hadn't realized that this had happened so they show a tribute show and basically you know go through the process of the same thing they did for Eddie Guerrero in two thousand five where yeah. a lot of wrestlers you know go on the go on air and talk very candidly about their opinions and feelings about him and they show some great classic matches of Chris Benoit okay um, and then. The next night here, when the when the next show comes on, Fitz McMahon comes on at the very top of the show and basically says, "We now know what happened. We now have a better idea of what happened here, and the events are tragic and horrible. So this is going to be the last time we ever mention him at all. And going forward here, like we're going to provide you know a show for everybody going forward here. Um, so some good stuff kind of happens out of this, but not." Not necessarily right away. Um, Chris Benoit basically gets erased from the WWE history.
1: Yeah, no, understood.
0: Yeah. Um, now, whenever you go to watch some of his matches on the network here, like they put up a warning saying, "like we don't support what this guy did," and so they they have to they put up a warning for everything, every single wrestling.
1: Obviously, was something was very, very wrong.
0: No, yeah, no. Again, there there's a belief that he had. He had a move where basically he had a headbutt onto somebody, mm-hmm. and they believe that like when it, when they did an autopsy on his brain here, like he, he was only forty years old when this happened, uh-huh. but they say that he had been like it looked like a brain of an Alzheimer's patient that had been had Alzheimer's for decades.
1: Well, and, so, and, and there's a lot of, they found quite a bit of that sort of thing within uh, football, mm-hmm. where where football players, because they've had repeated brain injuries and concussions, um, end up in, in very deep depressions. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so okay.
0: there's that. Um,
1: That's so sad.
0: It is. It's one of those other things where, like, this is a guy who was destined to be in the, in the WWE Hall of Fame as well, you know, like and he'll never get the, he'll never be there at all um, he's had a number of different accomplishments like, and they'll never mention him ever again, they, they never mention his name ever again, his moves um, that he had here, like his finishers and submissions and some of his moves here are banned in the WWE they don't do him, you can't do him anymore you can't make allusions to him anymore either yeah. he, he doesn't appear in any of their video games at all that they release every year like, he doesn't exist for the most part which is wow. kind of unfortunate because again, like he's tied with another wrestler, Eddie Guerrero, who has all these beautiful classic moments, but they're with this other guy here, and you can't show them at all. Yeah, you lose a lot of what would have been your tape library for the early night, for the early two thousands here because he was a huge part of the early two thousands.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: It is, um, but some good things do come out of this here. So one of the things you do get here is that uh, the institute, the wellness policy, it's a drug policy for wrestlers. You gotta let the you gotta let the company know what prescription drugs you're taking. So if you're taking, you know, pain medication to manage pain, you gotta let the company know. If you're taking Ritalin or you're taking Adderall, you gotta let the company know. You gotta let the company know what you're doing with what drug prescriptions. Okay. Um, They can randomly test you at any time they want. If you fail a drug test, it's a thirty day suspension. Um, You fail it a second time, it's a it's a sixty day suspension. And if you fail it a third time, you're fired regardless. Okay. Some wrestlers have gotten up to that third point okay. and been fired.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, uh, that's a good thing.
0: Within reason, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, they eliminate like chair shots to the head, which they thought caused a lot of concussions. And in fact, they actually open up a concussion study center to study concussions. And if a wrestler gets a concussion, they're out for 90 days regardless while they recuperate from that concussion concussion here because they don't want to have a repeat of this kind of incident um, there's no more blood on TV at all like a lot of times you would have wrestlers that would purposely uh, cut themselves on their head to get like blood on their head to make it look yeah. like they'd hurt more Yeah. Um, the term is called blading okay. um, and they switched from a PG-13 rating to a PG rating so it became a lot more family friendly because of this over the literally when I think it was just like months after he died Um, And so a lot of the storylines got toned down for their aggression. Um, The use of, like, specialty matches like Hell in a Cell got toned down. There's no more hardcore matches. And weapons are seldom if ever used at all. Um, Which some wrestlers, like again, like Triple H here, is famous for carrying a sledgehammer around and beating people up with a sledgehammer. Now, he doesn't, like, go the full swing at all. Like, he grabs the front of it and Hit you with the front of the head like a like yeah. a, like a like a spear almost, okay. but um but yeah no like the product gets toned down quite a bit, um, which gets us kind of to what is now so after 2000 going forward here that's what they call like the PG era because the product is more toned down a lot more family friendly, um, you still have you know some aggress some wrestlers that are aggressive kind of wrestlers here but it's all toned down within reason okay um and a lot of wrestlers are leading somewhat better lives than at the end of the day here um the wwe has opened up um a developmental sort of uh, thing they have the performance center where they have you can go get re- recuperation you can go get um so like if you hurt yourself this is a place you go to to go rehab and so, they're,
1: so they're offering more support
0: they're offering more support for the wrestlers um obviously with the, when the territory system was around, that's where you got your wrestlers from. So you'd go from territory to territory and you yeah. poach the best wrestlers out of there or good wrestlers out of there. Sort
1: of, sort of your minor league.
0: So now they have their own minor league called NXT. Oh. Which is actually sometimes more popular than the actual shows because a lot of um, what they call indie wrestlers who are not a part of the major promotions. And they're putting on amazing matches to with the intention of eventually getting to either Raw or SmackDown now. Yeah. Um, And at one point here in 2011 here, they killed the brand split. So Raw and SmackDown, all the wrestlers joined back together. But again, they they realized they've got too many wrestlers because they're calling up wrestlers from NXT more often and decide, okay, we're going to split it again. So you get a Raw and SmackDown brand again in 2016. Um, You have uh, the women's revolution that happens. So prior to um, prior to the mid 2010s here, um, 2013, 14, 15 here, women's wrestling was not well regarded. Like, a lot of times you would get a really, you would get like models or other like, yeah you know, things like that here. Oh,
1: I see Stacy Kibler? Kibler, yeah. Okay, that, I think that's who George Clooney dated for a while.
0: Possibly. Um, but you get a lot of like women wrestlers, you get a lot of women wrestlers who are not trained to wrestle. They're models, and you give them some wrestling training, and their matches are not um, as entertaining because they're not trained wrestlers. They didn't train yeah. for years to be wrestlers. Uh, but when you get to the rev- women's revolution here, now you're getting wrestler female wrestlers who have trained to be professional wrestlers. They're trained to be to have matches, to fall, and do the cool stuff here. And um,
1: well, during this same time period, you're also getting more female boxers. You've had Million Dollar Baby. Mm-hmm. And you have Alana Lee fighting, so so it may may have in that time period become more acceptable too.
0: Probably more acceptable. I and mean, I mean, and remember that the WWE is also moving away from like when it was in the early two thousands here, like they literally had a match called the Bra and Panties match. The intention was <laughs> to strip your opponent of their shirt or their shirts and bo- their tops and bottoms to just get them into their bra and panties.
1: Wow. And That's then, not sexist.
0: No, 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 not at all. I mean, you also had... They're, uh, they're
1: not going to fly in the Me Too generation.
0: No, 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 no. Um, and you also had some wrestlers that were, you know, you know, managers that were basically just eye candy to walk down with other wrestlers here. Yeah. Um, You had a number of different, you know, again, like, like women were not well regarded. The fact that they were calling them divas. Yeah. Was, you know, and, and that their belt was this, like, gaudy sort of, like, pink... Butterfly sort of, like, you know, very girly sort of belt that was, like, not what was the original version of it here. Um, so My Little Pony belt. Kind of almost like that. Yeah. It was very gaudy looking. A lot of wrestlers were not keen on it um, to have it, but I thought it kind of looked kind of cool, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no accounting for taste. But you get to, like, you get to actually 2006 here and they come up with, they are all women wrestlers are not known as divas anymore; they're just known as superstars, like the rest of the male wrestlers. Um, and their championship uh, looks exactly like this one here—the the current one that the I have.
1: Well, I I will say that that W makes conscious up for me Wonder Woman, but you know there mm-hmm. we
0: are. Um, theirs is white, and they have a center bit here, which is kind of like a a red. It's got a little hint of like pink to it and stuff, but like there, but it's they have a version that looks just like the men's for the most part here. Cool. Um okay. and women's wrestling is actually so popular um that this year the final match which is the match that headlines WrestleMania is a match between three women here.
1: How do you have a match between three women?
0: Well, a lot of the actually the major like anytime like WrestleMania uh, WrestleManias are like the um, the denominations of five for like 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 here. It's usually what they call a triple threat, so all three wrestlers are wrestling at once. Doesn't that
1: get a little confusing?
0: No, 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 no. Again, they're all wrestling at the same time. Here, what it usually ends up happening is that either two of them go against one of them to knock that one out or incapacitate that incapacitate one of them, and then two wrestlers, and those two wrestlers will just fight themselves for a while with this third wrestler kind of jumping in occasionally back to back into the fray, and then kind of like somebody will be incapacitated for a while and come back. Or in some cases they're all wrestling at the same time with one move after another after another like it can be a little chaotic but it's fu- a very fun chaotic at the end of the day here. Um, so yeah, so that's like your headline for this year's WrestleMania. Um, but you also start getting um, because obviously the territory system doesn't exist anymore and to get to the WWE is a long road. You start getting some other promotions start gaining notoriety. You have. Because um, obviously now with the advent of internet and streaming, here you can stream your show for practically nothing. Um, it almost costs. I mean, like to put it on air costs a lot of money, but to put it on a streaming network, yeah, doesn't cost a whole lot. It just costs basically.
1: Oh, and you've uh, expanded. You've expanded your your audience worldwide too. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, you get some shows like um, there was a show called TNA Impact Wrestling um, that existed here in the. 2000 odds that was theoretically going to be like the was very much like wcw they poached a lot of wwf wrestlers to go wrestle for their organization um and a lot of those wrestlers that wrestled for that organization eventually went back to the wwe um and then you you know they've had a tumultuous sort of couple years because it's just been a little weird for them okay um again it's almost like watching the wcw in rewind like you would have thought that like they had saw what wcw did and not done that um but it worked
1: for them for a while it worked
0: for them for quite a while but now you have wrestlers um who came from wcw or from the n um tna here um like aj styles samoa joe that are appearing on the wwe now and they're like aj styles has been a the world champion for like 300, 400 some odd combined days here Like he's held that championship title for a long time um, And been very popular with it here Samoa Joe comes out And he looks like a breath of fresh air Every single time I see him Because um, it's a big Samoan guy That moves around like a lightweight guy This is very interesting uh, But you get some other wrestling organizations Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Ring of Honor And some smaller wrestling organizations That exist in here What we call the indies Because they're independent shows okay um but you also have other shows that are coming out from all over the world here now like because of streaming here you people are now seeing wrestling from japan you have and a lot of wrestlers famously you know american wrestlers um here in the west would go to japan to go train for a number of years and come back chris jericho did this kurt engel did this um a number of wrestlers, you know, there's a lot of, actually, American wrestlers in Japan here. Like One of the great guys is a guy named Kenny Omega. He's a Canadian-born wrestler that wrestles in Japan almost exclusively. And he's held their top championship, which is unusual considering that, like, Japanese don't have, you know, they find Western people to be very kind of... Um, how do I put it? Um, have, like, a certain kind of mystique and... and uniqueness to him but they're not like well integrated with their society and Kenny Omega's basically broken every single boundary in in Japanese wrestling because he is he was allowed to win their top one of their top wrestling championships um, which would never happen beforehand it's a G1 climax basically like a round robin sort of system where like you fight a bunch of people to get points and then whoever has the most points in either bracket goes to the finals NASCAR Kind of like that, almost, um, and he won that, which has never happened before, and, uh, uh, and uh, a, a, a Westerner outside of Japan has never won that, ch- never won that that chance before, and he's actually headlined some come of their major like WrestleMania esque uh, events over there too. And we would have never seen any of this if it weren't for streaming, um, at all. So and, and again, like so, there's wrestling in Japan, so. You don't make it to like if you want to be a pro wrestler, you don't have to start in the WWE. That they have a great system in the NXT, which literally is an entire training center to starts you from bottom up. Uh-huh. Like, NXT actually goes through the process of going to like retired, like football players that have retired here or like stopped after you know, because you, you get into football here and you might become a professional football player at 21, 22, and you might go to like your 26 or 27. Yeah, so they go look for like. Because um, they're already fit. They're it already fit, yeah. yeah. And then they go and train them to be wrestlers.
1: It absolutely makes sense. Um,
0: so you get some people like that. And so, like, wrestling might be in kind of a weird system here, but it's still very, very popular. Um, and it's and so it's, it's very popular, and it still is very prominent throughout the society. Um, and streaming and YouTube and the Internet have just made it even more popular.
1: I would imagine. I mean, if you look at if you look at some of the things we've we've exported in terms of television shows, you've got America's Got Talent has become Europe's Got Talent has become, you know,
0: uh, Bosnia's Got talent. talent. Yeah. The voice is freaking everywhere.
1: Yeah. Ameri- American Idol is British Idol mm-hmm. is, so so you have a lot of that actually taking place. So it 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 actually makes sense that that would take place with wrestling as well. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, it's logical. Yeah.
0: Uh, did you have any other questions at
1: all about wrestling? Um, so so wrestling's coming. You said to San Jose.
0: It comes to San Jose somewhat infrequently. The hotel I work at has had wrestlers at it before. Oh, okay, which is That's very cool, cool for because, you. Yeah, it was very cool because again you see wrestlers on TV again. I, I was talking with Pop here last weekend here, and I was talking about oh yeah Steph Curry like he must not be very tall because he always seems so short about himself, all the other players here. And Pop was like, no, he's like 6'3". He's like, really?
1: I thought he was closer to like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but...
0: I thought Stephen Curry was short. Because, again, when you see him against all the other basketball players, he well, doesn't
1: you're look... six,
0: Well, you're 6'3", six, 6'4". Six,
1: I'm 6'1". You're only 6'1"? Six, oh. 6'1", six, 6'2".
0: Six, I'm about as tall as Pop. Maybe just a slight shorter.
1: Oh, because your other brothers are...
0: I know. They're freaking huge.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they're tall.
0: Yeah. Good um, it, Good genes
1: good jeans. Good
0: okay um but no yeah you see some press i've seen some of the professional wrestlers they're huge wow um, and okay. actually wrestlemania 31 was here in san jose originally and the only reason i remembered that was because when i saw the um stuff on the wwe network about it here like that hotel looks familiar and then i look at it for a little bit further like that's my hotel
1: well, that's pretty cool well you know and i remember buying you tickets i think as a reward for getting good grades yep um when you were in high school Mm-hmm. so i knew and i knew it was i knew what was a big thing oh yeah no
0: again But like one of the one of the coolest things i ever got to is i got to go to a monday night raw taping um i think you had bought us tickets for that yeah or i went with uh friends from church and it was the epi- and it's the show in which one of my favorite wrestlers got hurt and was out for, like, almost a year. Oh, no. So it's unfortunate, but, like, again, like, I got to see one of my professional wrestlers and I could say to this point, you're like, I was at that show where you got hurt. Like, I was there and, like, cut just a couple rows back. Like, I saw it. saw everything happen. And yeah. mind you, like, when we were watching it, we have no idea what's going on.
1: Well, you don't know how much of it is Real, real and how much
0: of it is not, yeah. actually, no. So...
1: Yeah, so so there there was a tie-in with toys. I know this because
0: there's a lot there's a lot of wrestling toys. There's um, entire collector's market for wrestling toys, actually.
1: Well, actually, I do know this because your brothers told me don't throw those away mm-hmm. because I could sell them on eBay.
0: Yeah, even unboxed, they're worth something. Like
1: yeah, they're yeah, and they've been used. I I still remember him playing with them.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, those those toys can go for some good money here obviously the older more right. popular wrestlers can can go for good money like if you have like an older like early eight, like mid 80s or late 80s sort of hulk hogan here like and it's still in its box that's good money right there that's that's enough to get like a down payment on an apartment oh cool in some cases here and um in fact actually there's a dub show on so wwe is actually really good when it comes to their online media presence because they realize that online is the way that the future uh-huh. so they have a lot huge social media presence every wrestler has its own uh twitter page they have to update frequently and post stuff onto even if it's just bickering with other wrestlers about you so, know.
1: so so wwe has its own social media
0: oh it's got a huge social media um, beyond just their own like twitter feed here like all every wrestler has their own Twitter, has their own Twitter, and they literally promote it whenever they rent when the, so whenever they show up on the, so whenever they enter the ring here, there's a little graphic underneath it that comes up that has their name on it. You should know who the wrestler is. They're now showing their Twitter name underneath that.
1: So they have twi- their their Twitter handle.
0: Yeah, so they have their Twitter oh. handle underneath that here, and you can go on and watch other wrestlers post like either like pictures of themselves online or when they go to house shows, they go to like overseas events. Um, like when they go to Japan or they go to Iraq well, or they go it, to Europe. It,
1: and especially if a lot of your business is coming off of streaming, mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then they also have a huge YouTube presence as well. So like a lot of their shows, like a lot of the big moments get cut down onto the YouTube page. So like even, like myself, I don't have cable at all. Mm-hmm. But I but you can literally follow along with all the stuff happening based off of watching the YouTube clips.
1: Okay. So you're obviously still like way into it.
0: I Yeah. Okay. Still so are it.
1: you going into, you're going to the show that's coming?
0: So the next show that's coming up here is WrestleMania. Uh-huh. It's in, it's, it's, um, back East. So I'm not going to oh, okay. go to it, okay. you know, and tickets have sold out for a long time ago, but I plan on watching it and I plan on showing some of the matches for you. Oh. So that'll be our review material here. So we're going to watch some wrestling here. Um, and
1: that's my, this week's homework.
0: That's going to be this week's review material here. We're going to watch okay. some stuff here on WrestleMania. Um, WrestleMania 35 here. We'll watch some of the cool matches here, and obviously we'll explain some of the stuff happening. Um, for those of you interested in watching WrestleMania here, it's going to be uh, available on the WWE Network here. It's They give you a free, free month. They give you a month for free uh, when you first sign up here. And so if you want to cancel after a month, you can. Um, They have a lot of great other programs on there as well, as well as a huge backlog and history collection of all, a lot of other different wrestling promotions from going way back to the 60s and 70s here. So if you want to watch old matches from like Hulk Hogan, not just Hulk Hogan, but like, you know, Bruno San Martino and other stuff like that, like you can go back in time and watch it on their network. They have this huge collection of it. Um, But if you want to watch their pay-per-view here, it's, again otherwise it's 9.99 that they also have a lot of other candid shows where they have shows where like hey let's look back at old photos and or hey let's have you know wrestlers talk cuz wrestlers when they talk about like stuff that happens outside of the ring it's very interesting
1: they must have interesting training regimes it'd be interesting to training
0: do. regimes stories um, cuz mind you they drive to a lot of the places they go to so they have great stories about that so cuz basically when they get done with their main show they go drive for another like 3 or 4 days on the road to do house shows and then while they're doing the house and before doing the house show, they might go to a local like n- radio show or might go to a local TV station to do promotion for the show or to do, you know, promotion for the stuff here, especially when you get to uh, pay-per-view events, they're everywhere promoting it because obviously that's how you keep relevant. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, no, if you're interested in watching it, you can go to WWE.com to learn more about the network. Um, and so when we come back next week, we'll talk about what we saw here for the pro wrestling and, um, some other nerdy stuff about pro wrestling. Sounds great. So excellent. So thank you again for joining us here with the nerd tutorial podcast. If you want to learn more about it, uh, you can visit us online at nerd tutorial podcast.com where all the show notes and episodes are available, uh, as well as some supplemental information available for those who are interested. If you have any questions, comments, or things we might've, um, if you uh, or anything we might have messed up here, you can let me know on nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter and let me know what you think and if you have any questions or future topics that you have available. Once again, I'm your nerdy tutor George, and with me again was my mom, and we'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye.